listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Thank you for joining the Rainmaking Podcast. My name's Scott Love. I'm your host, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. And I hope that I can bring you some content through my interviews with experts on the topic of rainmaking. If you're in the business of getting business, then this is the show for you. And our guest today is a special guest. We have Margie Aiken. She is an award-winning marketing expert who has worked within the business of B2B consulting in the area of marketing. She's completed her undergraduate work at Tufts University and earned her master's degree from American University. And she has a unique perspective in how her skills at language affect her ability to help organizations market effectively. This is a unique program. I think that you should listen to it at least twice because there's so much content on here. The topic is how to differentiate your company to gain attention and drive buyer behavior. When you're done with the show, make sure you connect with her on the podcast show notes and with all the guests on here. I think you get a little bit more out of it when you can check them out on LinkedIn, connect with them, and really pay attention to the content that they provide. I've tried really hard to vet guests and make sure we bring people here to you that are going to help you to get more business, better business, and eventually all the business from your clients. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. I'm excited about our guests. With us today, we've got Margie Agan. And today, our topic is how to differentiate your company to gain attention and drive buyer behavior. Margie, thanks for joining me on the show. Hi, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, so it's nice to have you on this show. And we've had similar people that are marketing experts. And I like the fact that your company's called Centerboard Marketing. Tell us a little bit about your journey and your career. How did you get to where you are today in your role as a marketing expert? And then we'll kind of dig into the topic here in a little bit. Sure. So I actually started my career more in languages. I studied, yeah, I studied uh, Japanese and I started out going to Japan and teaching English and kind of traveling around in Asia. And I honestly think a lot of those skills of learning a different language and communicating with people that you know, where you maybe only half understand what they're saying and you have to pick up on all those cues actually ties directly to a lot of the things that I do today in, in terms of marketing. I love languages and I think that now as a marketer, I work with a lot of technology companies and companies where I'm talking to engineers or I'm talking to, you know, niche specialists that kind of have their own lingo and jargon and things that I don't necessarily understand. But it's, it's my job to kind of listen for the meaning underneath those words, right? And, and not just sort of the bits and bytes of the software or, you know, the really technical expertise, but really kind of get to the why. And I use a lot of the same skills that I used when I was learning languages and, and trying to communicate with people where we were coming kind of from different backgrounds. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I see a couple of parallels in that when you're selling, you're communicating a message to individuals, not to an entity. And when you're communicating languages, there's probably a lot, well, I know there is a lot based on the nuance and the context of, of what you're trying to communicate. Right. And ultimately sort of getting to their feelings and, and getting to kind of what they're 
trying to communicate and not just the words that they're using. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, when I came back, I worked with a, a company that helped organizations that wanted to partner with international organizations or mm-hmm. grow overseas and it was a market research firm. So my job was to do a lot of interviewing of customers and potential partners and even competitors. And so I learned a lot also about talking to people and, and being able to, to listen and ask follow-up questions and have those conversations. So that was very qualitative kind of market research. Right helping companies kind of, you know, choose a target to purchase or when was the right time to expand into a new business area based on what the market feedback was telling me. Right, right. Fascinating. And that's how I started with marketing. And then I started getting into digital marketing and content. I worked in-house for a couple of tech companies for about 15 years and then uh, started centerboard marketing, my consulting practice about eight years ago. And kind of have combined all of those experiences, really. I work with companies that are B2B companies, often have products or services that are sometimes niche, sometimes really technical and complex, and help them really figure out what makes them different and find the words to express it with clarity. And that's what I do. I, I, I work on messaging. I work on content development website copy, you know, thought leadership papers, campaigns, any kind of sales collateral that's really external customer facing. And, well, that's and that helps companies differentiate themselves. And let me kind of talk about that since I like the fact that the topic today is very clear on differentiating. What let's start with some, some definitions. What let's just say if you're explaining this this to somebody that doesn't really understand marketing. What are some starting definitions of differentiation and what have you seen kind of examples of how that kind of, kind of help us get started in that regard? Sure. So ultimately, the question is, why would someone choose to work with you <laughs> when there's a hundred other similar companies or alternatives right. out there that are competing for their budget as well as their time and attention? Right. right? So being able to stand out in what you offer as well as the entire experience that you present is really critical to forming a relationship with a potential customer, building their trust, and helping them kind of justify that purchase and that ongoing relationship when in many industries, it is very easy for competitors to come in and replicate what you offer. So you need to find a way essentially to stand out. So if a customer were to say, well, you know, what is it about this vendor you know, or this partner? They need to have a ready answer that right. describes what makes you, you. What are the kind of the categories? If we were to kind of help our listeners to find out what helps them stand out, then obviously we don't want it to be uh, we charge less than everybody. We don't. We don't want that to. We don't want right. to go in. I mean, that, that, right? that's a race to the bottom, right? If you don't have any good answer, and then you end up competing on price, that's then right. yeah, <laughs> easy for everyone to replicate, that's right. <laughs> and we all lose. So certainly, it could be, as I said, kind of the the particular services that you offer, right? Okay. You could be have a deep expertise in one specific area. So, Margie, in terms of differentiation. 
are there certain categories? You mentioned such as expertise. Are there categories like our experience level is one category that we can use to differentiate? What would be kind of some other, looking at it from a big picture perspective, different categories that people can kind of segment their differentiation into? I think a good place to start actually is to kind of flip it on its head a little bit and think about from the customer perspective, Mm -hmm. what are the problems that they have and the ways that they make decisions, the ways that they're searching to try to solve those problems, right? Oh, that's great. So your differentiators, you could have many, but they really only matter and they're prioritized in terms of what matters most to the target customer group that you're trying to reach. Right, right. Right. So if a customer is interested in, you know, a particular deep expertise in a certain, the type of problem that they have, right, then your differentiator could be that you have more experience solving that type of problem than anyone else. Right. Right. And then your role is to, to try to prove that. Right. It's one thing to say that you have that kind of deep expertise, right? Or that you've been in business 20 years. But it really only matters if you can show why that the value that you provided through those 20 years. You could have been in business for 20 years, you know, <laughs> funded by your your trust fund and never <laughs> <laughs> never made a dime and never helped yeah. customers do anything to solve. It's really problem, one year, right? 20 times. Right? <laughs> So the, the, the key elements of a differentiator are that they truly have to be authentic to your business, but and also that they're true, right? That you can kind of show the evidence that through this expertise that you have or through this uh, you know deep level of experience that you help tough customers achieve their goals, right? Whether that's a efficiency, bottom line kind of stuff or top line kind of stuff of, of driving revenue, renewals, long-term relationships, whatever your customers' goals are, you need to frame your differentiators in terms of what matters most to them. That's just great. This is brilliant. And you've given me about five different lessons here. I want to kind of go back over these. The first one is you mentioned, ask yourself, what are the problems your customers have or clients have or prospects have? And then how do they search to solve those problems? Is that correct? Yeah. I, I think that demonstrating a deep understanding of your customers is itself a differentiator, right? If you can show that you understand your customers even better than than anyone else in your market, that's something that sets you apart in their mind. It makes them want to learn more, right? You're sort of building that trust and that through empathy just to get them to pay attention to you because they've got a million different things competing for their attention, a million different right. companies saying, right. hey, look at me, right? So the better you can kind of close that distance and demonstrate that you know them best, that is clear differentiator of why they'd want to spend their time with you. That's great. I also liked what you said about whatever your customers' goals are, you have to frame your expertise. And can you go a little bit deeper in that? What does that mean exactly? What do you mean by framing expertise? So really understanding, this goes back to the words that they use and kind of translating their language and speaking in their language, right? Mm -hmm. Really understanding ultimately how they will measure success, right? So after six months, a year of working with you, right? And their boss comes in and says, we're spending X amount of money on this. Was it worth it? Yeah. How are they going to answer that question? That's great. Yeah. So 
And it sort of, when you think of it that way, it becomes extremely tangible and you can picture that situation. What do you want them to, to say? What do you think that they would say? Right. And what would you want to have them say? So I mean, it depends on what industry you're in. It could be, well, it was worth it because this consultant helped us save 10%. We started doing things much more efficiently than ever before because our, our workflow, our operations became tighter. Right. You know, that's a real reason to, to keep this consultant on board. But, and that's what I mean about bottom line sort of efficiency. Right. That's one value. And then the other kind of business impact is more about top line. You know, they helped me grow revenue. I got a hundred new clients. I got, you know, a hundred new renewals. And so I didn't have to search for new clients, but something that is measurable and something that would truly make a business impact to justify continuing to work with you. That's great. Because then it has real tangible, it has real equity. They can get their arms around that. Exactly. Right. And when that budget comes up again and someone scrutinizes that line item. Right. It's, so, you're not in the room. It's your right. customer who's in the room basically defending that line item. So you've got to sort of arm them with that information so that they can be your advocate in the room. So let's just say you're consulting to a client and you're talking about some of your case studies, the biggest glaring differences that you've seen from a client of yours that when they started, you asked them, what's different about you? And they said, we're the cheapest. And you said, no, no, no. And you help them. And you don't have to mention the name of the company or anything like that. But what, what are some examples of some of your clients where they've gone through, they've done the work, they've asked these real deep, meaningful questions and they've come up with ideas that have gotten results, that, that have shown distinction. What are some examples of that that you could kind of uh, share with the listeners where they can kind of maybe find their own path to doing this? Sure. I can think of, there was one company that was a technology services company, right? So their, their role was to be um, kind of like an outsourced IT help desk, mm-hmm. right? And initially they were very much talking in terms of their, you know, sort of, they do hosting, right? Right. They do maintenance, they do software patches, they do upgrades, right? It's sort of a menu of all the different things that they do. So one of the exercises we went through was talking to their customers, existing customers, happy customers, and Hmm. unhappy customers, lost customers, Right. (laughs) And really kind of got to the heart of why did you choose this company? There are a lot of similar kinds of companies. And was that Um, something that you did or something you had had them do? So in this case, both. I do think there is a value, you know, in talking to customers yourself, but of course, but there's, there's also a value in having an external person talk to your customers. Yeah. Especially sometimes a customer will be more willing to sort of share the dirty laundry a little bit when they're yeah, not right. talking to directly to the brand. And so there is a benefit to having a, like an unbiased third party who also can ask the tough questions. Right. So we split it up. And one of the things that came out was that it really wasn't the, the technical expertise, but it was the responsiveness. It was the idea that the customers felt confident that they could put in a ticket or make a phone call and get an instant response from someone, right, within moments, who then truly stayed with them through the entire process and kind of held their hand until the issue was resolved. Mm -hmm. 
And so that really changed the way that we went forward with the the content that we created, the way that we prioritized kind of the messages on the website. One of the things we ended up doing was on the website, we had a little section that highlighted their help desk responses in real time, live on the website. Wow. Right. So instead of just saying, hey, we have a, you know, 85% first time resolution rate, you could literally see it almost as a ticker live, highly transparent, uh, because they felt that confident that they had a team that was in your corner, which is something so many companies say, right? We're in your corner. We go the extra mile. We treat you like family, but they really put their money where their mouth is and kind of doubled down on that being the differentiator because we heard from so many clients that it was that relationship and trust that was why they stuck with them. And they didn't really know about that until you got involved and really kind of brought that to service. Yeah. I mean, I think they had an inkling, but at the same time, it's hard to prioritize right? It's hard. You have so many things that you want to say. And if you say them all, then it, it becomes hard for your customers to essentially remember you're overwhelming them. Right. And then you start to get kind of, especially if you have multiple people and multiple salespeople, right? Everyone is saying something slightly different mm-hmm. and your message gets diluted. So it, it really helped to sort of prioritize and say, this is the primary message And then these are sort of the backup messages that maybe you bring in later in the conversation. But we all were talking on, you know, singing from the same sheet of music. That's great. What was the impact that this change made on your client's business? Yeah, you know, mainly the, the initial impact we saw was from the website in terms of engagement and sort of top line lead generation. That was one of the primary goals was, you know, much higher engagement on the website, you know, more kind of contact us. I'm interested in learning more kind of form submissions by people that came to the website. And that that was our primary goal in that project Right, was just to sort of get more people in the pipeline and kind of stand out when so many websites look the same. Right. Well, this is interesting. And let, let me kind of go down this line of questioning then related to finding that differentiation, that distinction. When someone sees that vein of gold, they've done their research and they, they thought, I thought it was because we're really good at writing cursive, but it's because we have good, good listening skills that they chose uh-huh. us. You know, something totally a surprise that they just didn't expect. And they thought, they thought, let's just go with that. How do they then bring that message to market? Is that distinction? Is that something that advertising campaigns are built on? Is it something the marketing department gets involved? Do you train those? In business development, so for example, I work with law firms. They don't call themselves salespeople, but partners of law firms have to sell work. They have to be rainmakers. What would an organization do at that point then with that idea of distinction, of uniqueness? Yeah. So uh, yes to all of those things. One of the main areas that I focus on is is product marketing and content marketing. So if you're a technology company, there's often a product marketing kind of uh, function that kind of packages and builds what we'll call a messaging framework or a message map, right? And Mm -hmm. that is sort of the underlying infrastructure that internally the organization can use. And then that translates into more external facing information, right? So your message map is the foundation, but then that becomes kind of the core to content that's on your website, 
your sales presentation, the email strategy, a social media post, right? It's sort of, that's the underlying piece that, that helps everybody kind of do their individual job. I have found that services-oriented organizations don't have typically the, the same type of product marketing kind of function that, say, uh, you know, software SaaS technology company is, is going to have. Right. So, and I think, you know, it's harder for a services company to kind of package what you do as a product because ultimately you're sort of maybe selling your time and your expertise. Right. So, so one of the things that we do is kind of package services really in, into kind of a, a product in the same way that we would treat a product. Interesting. So it, kind of positioned and it's, it does not to say that you can't, you know, have flexibility and, you know, change kind of the features and change the time scale or change the scope of work, but so that there's sort of a bundle or it's treated very similarly to a product so that people are all sort of selling or positioning in the same way. So let me ask you this. When you say package services into yeah. a product, so basically let's say if somebody's doing professional services, what do you mean by that exactly? I'm not sure I understand. Sure. Okay, sure. So, so for example, as a marketing consultant, I really also sell my expertise and my time, right? Right, right? So one of the things I've done is kind of thinking about the needs of my customers. I've got some people that are very early on in their marketing programs. So uh, we put together a jumpstart program for right. them, right? right? And it has sort of all of the elements of getting started, you know, a, li- a little bit of social, a little bit of the website, a little bit of the, you know, the messaging component, the advertising strategy, et cetera, right? It's a jumpstart package. Right. I that's see. What I, mean. I see. Yeah. But it could also be if you, someone that's been in market a long time, there could be a content boost package, right? right. Where we sort of do an audit and then there's, you know, these are all of the things to optimize what you're already doing, measure and optimize what you're already doing. So what a great that idea. way, a little yeah. less amorphous and it's more of a, you know, a set scope of work that is treated as a product. Yeah. It's kinesthetic. You can get your arms around that. It's tangible. That makes sense. That's really that's what it's all about, right. making it tangible. Yeah. And, and so you also mentioned the message map. I'm not familiar with that term. Is that actually a thing? Is that where can I buy one? You know, how do I get, what, yeah. is, what does that mean when you say a message map? Every marketing consultant with their salt has one. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think a messaging framework or a message map is basically starting from what we were talking about before. It's sort of the prioritization of the different messages in the language that your organization is using that basically sort of reflects your own perspective and your own personality. Those are your messages that you're putting out into the world, right? So a message map might say, okay, I am a technology services organization, right? And these are the three things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how, you know, we, we have a deep expertise and in compliance and, you know, evolving regulations, right? right? That could be one message. Another message could be this sort of, we go the extra mile and, you know, we're with you from the beginning to the end. And the third piece could be that we specialize in global organizations, right? right. So these are sort of top line messages, the three things that you're going to say. And then each message is going to have a series of what we could call proof points, 
that back up the message, again, back to your differentiators that kind of talk about, you know, and here's how we've done this. Here's the customers we've helped. Those are the supporting kind of prongs to those top line messages. Okay, good. Exactly. In this case, you know, let's say we've got, now we've got three. So we've got to say, all right, which one is the one that if there's only one thing you want your customers to remember about you, right? What is the primary message? So a lot of the work that we do is essentially prioritizing those messages and then providing the underpinnings again, so that they're provable and they're believable. Well, Margie, you've got some great ideas that you've shared with us today. Tell us a little bit about your services that you have for our listeners, and then we can kind of bring it home with three action steps people can take to kind of get started on some of these ideas that you've shared with us today. Sure. So as we've been talking about, though, I help B2B companies that have complex products and services work on these message maps and really talk to their customers, look at their competitors, and look inside their own organizations to, to build what their differentiation strategy is. And then that becomes the foundation and the infrastructure for content. So the second piece that I do is write copy, craft copy for websites, sales and marketing materials, sales presentations, anything that is you know, starting from that message map. And then the third piece is I also do workshops and trainings for companies that have their own marketing departments, but maybe need a a little boost or external expertise. So I'll do a series of workshops to basically train their internal marketing and sales departments to do this themselves. That's great. And I think that what you do, just as my thought, even recruiting departments of organizations Because they're the same as marketing. Their job is to get people to think a certain way about their organization and take action to join their team or to buy something from them on the marketing side. One of the trending terms for sure is is, uh, employee branding, right? Right. Just as there's branding for uh, the marketing organization and the sales organization to think about new customers, right? The recruiting and the HR teams are thinking about attracting the best and brightest because they have a strong employee brand. That's right. Absolutely right. And so Margie, we're going to put all of your link information and your LinkedIn and all your contact info on the show notes. Anybody that's listening, if you want to get in touch with Margie, just go to the show notes and you'll be able to reach her there. And so how would you kind of summarize this in giving us three action steps people can take to get started on integrating some of the ideas that you shared with us today? One recommendation is to look at your own content right? And by which I mean your website or any other sales marketing materials and take the logo off, take your name off and see if it's something that where you really say, does this seem like my company? Is this something that any other company could say, right? Right. Or is there something that would I even know that this came from my own company? And if the answer is no, (laughs) then it's time to look a little bit more at understanding what really makes you different. What do you want to say that nobody else can say, right? What do your customers really want to hear from you? And that's sort of your first clue is if your content doesn't meet that test. Right. So that's number one. Number two could be, now let's talk to some customers, right? Even if you're not trying to get case studies out of them and it's all just, you know, internal learnings, just keep talking to customers and kind of checking in and asking these hard questions, 
right? And then the third piece, I think, is to look at those kind of proof points, right? Try to find some measurable results and some, for example, right, that, that you can use to back up those differentiating points and to put your money where your mouth is. That's great. Margie, this is great. I like the idea that, and this is one of my benefits of doing this, I get to sit at the feet of really smart people like you and take some of these ideas and apply them to my own business. That's my ulterior motive of doing the podcast, right? But I, well, I, I feel the same. I mean, that's why I've been I've been listening and learning and having conversations with people. And it's constant learning. Um, yeah. Marketing. That's what I like about marketing and what I like about the podcast and kind of the community of people that are listening to these shows. It's it's really a wonderful way to learn. It really is. And I want to thank you for being on the show today. You've got some great ideas. I hope everybody listening connects with you on LinkedIn, uh, that they reach out to you if they think that you can help them. And I hope that you and I can stay connected and let's have you back on the show here in the next couple of months, Margie. Wonderful. I'd love that. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com. <laughs>